Are you unable to concentrate on the tasks at hand? Do you need help focusing more or leveling up your game? Here's a tip. Try Cognizant Citicoline, clinically studied to support mental energy, focus, memory, and attention. Cognizant supports brain health and supplies the brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Cognizant is a leading nootropic featured in over 200 products. This podcast is powered by Cognizant. Visit Cognizant.com to learn more and find a product to help you fuel your day. Ready to achieve great heights? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Power Your Performance, the podcast where we dive deep with leaders in the gaming world and beyond and learn the techniques they use to power their lives. I am your host, Gary Kleinman. Rebecca Dixon, welcome to Power Your Performance. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. The co-founder and CEO of The Game Hers, which is the largest community of female gamers, certainly the largest that I'm aware of. Uh, We'll get to all that in a second, but tell me how somebody with a a BS in mathematics ends up gaming and creating communities. Sure. I, it's a, it's a, it has a, you know, a a few curves in the, in the story. Um, But I, 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 I started my career as a media buyer. I worked in media buying and ad sales for, a um, little bit over 10 years in to age myself. Uh, traditional, you're, just a baby. you're just a baby. <laughs> 30 second TV spots. That's what I was buying and selling. Boy, um, that world has changed. Yeah, sure has. <laughs> my, um, my love for figuring out branding stories and, and best places for um, brands to reach their consumers in their their communities has not changed but the way to do that is almost has nothing in common with my original experience but it was definitely a great you know a fun part of my career a great way to come out of college and really learn about an industry I, I mean I majored in math because I like math and did you want to go into math I mean or or I don't yeah, know how you go I, into math, be, be a math professor, be um, so, yeah, economist. Majored, yeah, most math majors, um, when I was majoring in math, either were engineers. I went to Vanderbilt. So Vanderbilt had it has an engineering school with a lot of uh, double majors in math um, or teach. A lot, of math te- a lot of math majors teach or become actuaries. Um, like I said, I majored in math. I went Vanderbilt's a liberal, liberal arts college. So I majored in math. I actually minored in music, vocal performance. So I love to sing, uh, still do with my kids. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, it was, it was just something I liked and I figured, well, math's a great background for everything, which I, which I still believe. It is. Um, that being said, coming out of college, I, I knew I wasn't, I, well, I'm not an engineer. I didn't envision myself teaching. So I looked at a lot of different things. I did a little bit of a, a short stint in consulting and, and quickly moved into media buying. So um, it, it's, that was, you know, that was a, a great way to also spend my twenties and early thirties. And I mean, I'm located in New York. I'm a, an, a lifelong adult New Yorker. Um, so I've been here for 22 years and, it was just, it was a really great way to, to begin my career. And then um, I left that industry 
and joined the entrepreneurial world. Two, I've got three, I've got four co-founders. There are four co-founders of the Gamers, and three of us were together at a company um, before the Gamers in the parenting space. So around the time that I left media, I was becoming a new parent, and I was a community member of the organization, the company that my other two co-founders had started called Mommy Bites, a community for new parents. And they were looking, they had grown so much, they were getting um, outreach from brands and they were looking for someone to help them monetize it. And so as somebody in their community, I got connected with them and joined them. We were, um, it was a, it was just a great experience to learn about building community around women. And we also had a platform that connected parents and caregivers. And we were fortunate enough to grow the company together to a point where we sold it. We sold it to a media company in New York in 2016. And so at that point, then we had, you know, three entrepreneurs who had just sold a company, loved building community around women's initiatives. And we found ourselves with some extremely strong ties to the gaming industry um, at that time. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Let's go back yeah. to Mommy Bites. Um, yeah. so, so you're a new mom and yeah. and there's a community of, of mothers or soon to be mothers or. Yep. Yeah. What, expecting what, or new. And what was, it, it was just kind of like a, a community self-help blog well, community. The company, so the company, again, thing, you know, things changed so quickly. It's hard to remember a time when you could, when something could exist only in person, but it started out literally as a grassroots bootstrapped New York based um, organization. My co-founder, Laura had a, had a baby was a former teacher and felt like it was hard to meet other moms. So she grew the company. She started the company grew it, joined Heather, and then they expanded. It would be like luncheons with, you know, moms and babies and an educational speaker on things you should register for when you're pregnant and how to, you know, tips on breastfeeding and all the things you might want to want to connect. It sounds hyper local. Was that initially was just hyper, hyper local? At the start, it was hyper-local. Then and it transitioned to have a digital component, which completely oh. overtook the local part of it. Um, and did, so that, the, did it also then allow other hyper-local communities meet individually in their world, or did it all stay digitally? A little bit. It's, to answer your question, a little bit. But it, was, it mostly became digital. So we had a big New York base. We had some San Francisco, Boston, and Washington, D.C. in-person events based on those hyper-local communities. But, uh, you know, and um, it was, it really, the digital growth is what really um, kind of moved the needle for Mommy Bites. It, it was all the things, you know, as they kind of became um, important. So a newsletter, obviously a website, a newsletter, Facebook, um, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Um, again, it was, we sold it in 2016. So even since 2016, things have changed so much. No, without um, a doubt. Well, especially COVID on top of that, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Ma major impact on on 
digital communication and sharing. Yeah. Were but, you, you ga- know, were you a gamer? Were you a gamer during this period of time? Do you game? Do um, I do? I do game a little bit for sure. Um, but I wouldn't. I, as is common with with a lot of women who game, um, I wouldn't say I had at that time was self identifying as a gamer. Um, I certainly grew up playing games. I have a brother who's a big gamer okay. um, and identifies as one. Um, but I, you know, I played I played games growing up, but it wasn't it wasn't you know a huge um, identity. I would say. Um, that being said, the, the, the main way I play games now is with my two middle school daughters. Love but you find daughter. that even in, in Mommy Bites that women may game enough, but they don't want to self-identify as a gamer where guys have no issue identifying as a gamer. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not black and white at all. That's the one of the challenges and we could get into this. We will as we talk, but <laughs> it's one of the things that makes it, makes it complicated for women to, um, you know, have all of these sort of resources and opportunities in gaming is because of the identity part of it, but even hardcore gamers, you know, quote unquote, hardcore, however you define that some, some, some women do for sure identify as gamers and some don't. I mean, the be- one of the, one example, one thing I heard one time, somebody said, it's like, do you read books? Because people who read a book a week all year long still don't really identify as like a book reader or right. a reader. I mean, maybe they do, but it may not be the first thing they say. So it's- No, it's- I had a conversation, oh my God, let's go a couple of years ago, uh, with a dear friend's wife and she really didn't understand gaming. And, and I knew she played words with friends, right? So, and I said to her, don't you play words with friends? And she goes, yeah. I said, well, how often do you play? An hour a day. Who do you play with? I play with my girlfriends. Do you want to beat them? Yeah, of course I want to beat them. I said, if there was a place for you to go to improve your word skills, would you do that? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. So I said, so let's look at your week. You're gaming eight hours a week. You want to beat your girlfriends and you want to get better at it. You're a gamer. You know, it's not a cry. It's not a cry for help. You're a gamer. Yeah. It's 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 okay. And and ever since then, um, she's one of the few people that send me gaming articles to this day uh, because the perception is she just couldn't fathom even saying to her kids, "I game." And yeah. and and interestingly enough, any guy that would do that or any male that would do that would have absolutely no problem saying, "Yeah, it's, I it's game. interesting." And there's so many different ways to analyze that also. I mean, for sure, it comes up um, from t- maybe from more than from time to time. Um, that And that that is a good example. And the fact that so many women game also isn't only words with friends or only Candy Crush, which is also a, mis- a mis- no question part of it. But it's it's hard because it's just not. It's not one statistic that sort of defines any of it. Which is kind of interesting because, it, it, like I said, it's not a cry for help. I mean, it is as valuable as anybody else gaming and, 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 and the skill sets that you need and that you improve and learn by. So I've always found it interesting that, that I, I guess it's rooted in some kind of sexism in some way, shape or form. I don't know what other way to put a handle on it. You live that. I mean, you lived it in Mommy Bites, and we'll get into Game Hers and its foundation in a second. But where do you think that is? Is it is it almost like a lot of women don't look at themselves as stick-and-ball athletes? 
um, in the same way. I, I it just. I, I, I have to say, I've never thought about it compared to athletes specifically in terms of identity. I will, I'll, I'll have to think on that one. Okay. I think there are, it could be, that could be one, another layer of it. I think there are so many reasons that we're, we're not going to be able to kind of come up with like a, a nice, neat little recipe and put it in a box. Uh, um, but that being said, I think there, there are a lot of reasons. Yes. I think part of it is that historically video games have been marketed to boys. That's, you know, that's that's one piece of it. Yeah, and um, I, I think mean, some of the other things, when people think about video games, it may be less and less now, but the the first type genre are the violent shooting military Call of Duty games. And that, as you just said, are not associated with women. But if you yeah. look at, you know, the, the spectrum of games, that's just a very small part of of the games and 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 that's that's also interesting to me from a publisher standpoint in gaming the publishers don't seem to have spent much time in changing that perception yeah that's actually really a, a really good point the other thing i mean there the there are again so many layers the the percentage of of um people who play um you know first person shooter games um are it, it, that, you know, that specific statistic, it's not 50, 50, but it's depending on the game and what exactly how you're looking at it. It's a lot more than, it's a lot higher than people think. Right. And so, even, and then, and then there's what you just said, which is that that specific genre is not all of games. Um, and then another layer of it is that the entire sort of, um, industry or just gaming in general Gaming itself needs a big PR makeover um, it, to, I think, today's parents and today's media and all of it. It's not um, what, you know, I think may, I would even say maybe the majority of people's first impression in their mind it used to be. It's not, you know, it's not. And, it's and I've always been, it's been a quandary. And I've had this conversation multiple times that, there's plenty of money in the in, in the industry. Um, yeah. the, the the single largest beneficiary, obviously, are the publishers, right? They own the IP yes. and what have you. I can't recall one public service announcement ever uh, be, being um, television, digital, or otherwise by any game publisher that talks about the positive attributes of gaming. It's fascinating. I agree with you. So... This is a little bit of a, like a, a, you know, off topic, but it's, but it's not totally off topic. I, I was asked by my daughter's school this year to be the parent volunteer um, for the organization that um, puts on talks on tech and, and how we're navigating tech with our kids since we are, um, as somebody at the school defines it, technology immigrants and our kids are growing up fluent in this, you know, with all of it, like cell phones and TikTok and wherever. No question. So obviously gaming falls within that, which is obviously why they asked me to lead that group. So it's, um, it makes sense. I, like I, said, I had two middle school daughters. It's like the parents, first of all, I don't want my kids on screens all day, every day, obviously. Um, but it's not black and white, right? It's you right. can't just say no screen time ever. I mean, of course you can't. And so to your point, why aren't, why, why isn't there more discussion around the public image of, of gaming and all the things that I, I find myself on, you know, 
podcasts and panels talking about on a practically a daily basis, like newsflash, not only do, do we need to discuss that a lot of women game and, you know, we should put, change the situation so that women have access to, you know, the, some of the jobs and the, and the toxicity should go away and all of that, but also the gaming itself needs a big refresh. Yeah. It, it, it's shocking to me. I mean, especially when you're in marketing, which, which you are as much as anything else yeah. um, and even media buy and everything else, you say there's a story there and, and the stories even from um, on a, on a minimal basis, like when the, uh, the cathedral burned down, right, in, in uh, Notre Dame burned down. And the closest blueprints for rebuild came from Assassin's Creed. That's cool, right? I mean, that's just cool. There, there, there's a statistic I read, and don't quote me on the actual percentage, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% of city managers grew up playing SimCity. I mean, that's a, that's a huge impact on that career. And... That's a hidden statistic in a research paper someplace. And and why wouldn't the publishers go, yeah. there's a value proposition here. There's community here. There, there There's story. There's conflict. There's conflict resolution. All the things you want your children and yeah. yourself to develop with is silent. And I just wrote that down because I want to see if we, I can find where that statistic okay. is <laughs> No, please That's do. I, you know what? I'm on an airplane later today and I'm going to, I'll get the internet and I'll, I'll help. I'll see if I can find that as well. No, anytime I can get data behind why gaming is good, I try to keep it because it, it, it's, it's so obvious, but for some reason it doesn't stick, you know, everything from, um, well, first of all, I love the analogy to sports. Like, do you, um, you know, if you're talking to parents, like in that organization that I was mentioning that I help organize in my kid's school, like, have you ever taken your five-year-old on a rainy overcast, you know, cold early spring day to a soccer game at seven in the morning on a Saturday when you have actually never played soccer yourself, but you understand all the benefits of it, right? Coaching, leadership, teamwork, problem solving, obviously physical activity, all of that. All of those things, other than maybe depending on the sport, physical activity, all of them can be found in various games, depending on, you know, depending Absolutely. on the game. And I just named a few. It's just, it's fascinating, but, but getting actual data is pretty, is, is yeah. Is, I mean, listen, anecdotally, when, when my kids were playing little league and in, in high school baseball, they went and had, you know, specific coaching on, on skill improvement and yeah. that was okay. And it was okay if they spent two and a half hours in the cage, right? It was okay if they spent for in fact a lot of people would say they should be doing that if they if they want to progress in in yeah. in, in their baseball trajectory that has not um certainly transferred over to gaming and you know whenever i, I say to people and to so many people just don't understand gaming and you say what's the average age of a gamer you know they all go to 16 17 18 yeah. Right. And if you ask about the split between men and women, they're nowhere and nowhere yeah. close. So, uh, but getting back to your, you know, your trajectory, um, you sell mommy bites. How do you, you, you sit with your partners and you go, hi, right, we're going to do the same thing for women in gaming. Is that a coffee clutch around the table? And you go, you know, we're, we're not power gamers ourselves necessarily, but we know yeah. women are out there. Yeah. Who, who lights so that, who lights that match? 
in, in, in short, uh, yes, how we got there um, is is um, is pretty easy to to recap, which is my co-founder, Heather, went from parenting to toys and she was doing product design with Alcon. Um, the one, the visionary behind Pokemon. So she found herself at licensing fair, toy fair, uh, you know, just in a lot of video game conversations and and consuming a lot of of, of um, you know research and, and data in, around that industry. Um, and at the same time, while we're all kind of in this exploration of like what next as entrepreneurs. Um, I was doing a lot of this, that same kind of research and, and, and consuming of, um, just everything from startups to industries. And my, um, family has been involved in the ownership group of Envy Gaming, um, for many years. And so my dad and my brother are part owners. My brother's still on the board. So I had honestly not been paying too much attention to what they were doing because I was helping, um, you know, sell a company. Um, and so once I had a little more free time and esports, you know, in 2016, wasn't the no. common word that I think it is now. Right. Um, so, but I, I certainly had, you know, we had, we had had conversations around Thanksgiving dinner about it. That was like my, you know, my exposure to what they'd been doing with NB up to that point. And I started, uh, digging in a little bit. Cause I think the thing about the gaming industry and it just, it's like every day I think, well, this is going to, this will this stop or is it just going to keep going up? You know, you, you read a little bit about it. You see the statistics, the, that whole thing, everybody quotes about the movie industry plus the music industry and double that. And gaming is bigger. You know, it's just like you, the peel. I, you, I couldn't stop peeling back the layers of just the industry itself. It's so fascinating and it's complicated when you're not, endemic to the industry esports and the publishers and the leagues and the conferences and collegiate and all of it. But what Heather, my co-founder and I, who were, you know, in touch all the time, still just as friends and, and former co-founders, both of us kept seeing the statistic that women in game, women are half of gamers or, you know, women account for about 50% of gamers, or maybe it's 48 or 46, but it's, it's not zero, which is what a lot of people think it is, or it's not 10. Um, so it, and 50% of 3 billion people gaming every day is pretty significant, right? (laughs) That's that's a, that's a number. It's a huge number. And you add in all the things that were kind of in, in these conversations at that time, like with, with my advertising background, I'm like, well, if that's the case, why don't the brands care? Like, that's just a market. Right. It makes no sense at all. Uh, or maybe it goes back to my math brain. Like there's money being left on the table with um, the, you know, ge- with the, the people who generally spend the money in families. So um, we, we, you know, we did a, a deep dive into the industry. We um, obviously our, our other co-founder, Laura was, I mean, we, it was, this was right after we had sold mommy bites. It was just one into the next. And we, um, and Verda, we have our fourth co-founder now. Verda and Heather have been close friends forever. Their sons are um, grew up together since fourth grade. And Verda and is black. And Heather, um, they the two of them started an organization at their school to discuss race because their friends were their sons were best friends in fourth grade, and that was unique. So when you start talking about women in gaming, you know the conversation immediately is opened up to all. Um, marginalized genders and race and, and, and just communities. And so the four of us were just, just, you know, kind of discussing it. And there was, you know, there was an aha moment at a a conference Heather and I attended 
with 300 ish people at, um, of all places at, 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 you know, like a very kind of serious, um, conference about investment in, in gaming and investment in esports, And the, again, the statistic was brought up about women in gaming. And we looked around and we're like, well, if women are half of gamers, then why are we the only women here? <laughs> so, um, you know, Heather was the one who kind of went home that night and was like, wait, we should start basically a community. Mommy party. bites her gamers, basically. Yeah. Um, so we went, we did do a ton of due diligence in terms of like, is it, it this must be, this must exist already. Because at that point, communities and, and you know, just community communities for, for like-minded people. That wasn't a new concept. What we did find is that of course there were women discussing the lack of, um, you know, lack of everything sort of re- representation in the media, protagonist in games, access to jobs, all of it. There were a lot of nonprofits and there were, and still are a lot of great nonprofits um, addressing the issue from a, you know, many different ways. And and, if, and we identified hundreds of women in the industry who were doing whatever they could, right? If that's speaking on panels and and discussing it and trying to create mentorships, but we did not find a community. And so what we you know what we what we created is yes, it started kind of as the mommy bites for gamers, but it was a community that then could act as media so like community as an influencer community as media so what you know our tagline is that we're a community media platform and a social network for women and femme identifying gamers um and importantly all allies because anybody is welcome in our community we certainly won't be able to have any impact whatsoever if men don't support the concept that you know yes women are approximately half of of gamers so let's figure out a way to kind of reflect that everywhere was was there and is there still um, a resistance from part of the male community not being um, open? Because you hear about the yeah. trolling all the time. Um, have you? Uh, well, sorry. What have you found? Yeah. So uh, I said no quickly, and I'll I'll expand on that. We we have not really had pushback in a. Um, big public way or from kind of the industry. I think one great thing about our industry is that not just men, it's just kind of everybody um, is aware and admits and is publicly discussing. Yeah. There's a, there are some serious challenges that is an industry we need to address and overcome around women in gaming. Um, and we were concerned that maybe we would get pushed back. We, we, we thought we may get pushed back um, primarily for not being endemic to the industry. Like we didn't come up as hardcore gamers who were experiencing um, toxicity and harassment. And so we created this community and we got some advice or some, you know, um, yeah, some advice just to to watch out because we probably would get pushed back. We really didn't. And I think that's because what can you argue with? I mean, it's the statistics are the statistics and we are working on a way to to, to try to, you know, um, move the needle. Um, and we've ne- we've always been very upfront about our background because I think our background is not only important to be transparent about, it's valuable. Oh, um, without a doubt. Valuable. 
it's valuable because we know how to create community around women. We know how to take that community. You know, we don't, our motto, um, you know, a kind of unofficial motto is we create space for our community or, or communities. Uh, we've kind of got networks of communities because it's for all, all women gamers, any game, any community, any sort of anybody who wants to fit into that, that um, category, but we don't, we don't determine what's going to happen. We, we look to the community as it grows you know, we look for what are they, what's being discussed in discord, what is, you know, what's brewing, what are, what interests are um, the, the most relevant, what needs are not being met. And then we create, whether it's content or other, you know, places for the community to come together, we, we, we use the community as, a, as direction. Um, and I could give you examples over and over about yeah, that. Yeah, like, give me an example, what, like, even... Currently, what's the single most engaged topic for women in gaming? Um, so I don't know if I could say there's a single most engaged co- topic because what we kind of are is the you know the go-to place for women in gaming. So all the topics, but a big topic, a very big topic right. is uh, careers. And so women who game... Um, if you look at women who game and then you look at women who would like to work in the gaming industry or women who do work in the gaming industry, those two categories of people uh, intersect tremendously. So um, how do I get a job in gaming? That's a topic that comes up constantly. So we, we put together a professional career boot camp last year. We just did it again this year. You know, we had 40 plus really um, experienced, or I mean, some of them were not as experienced, but really relevant. Um, we had from all the way from co- college students to C-suite um, executives and founders um, speaking on various careers in the industry and and how to navigate, you know, into the industry. Well, I guess the, and the growth of uh, the college curriculum has got to be helping. I mean, there's so many more programs on literally undergraduate and graduate degrees in gaming in addition to coding and the STEM classes, but gaming in and of itself, uh, which, you know, and I don't know, and you would probably know more than I do of those programs are the enrollment in those programs predominantly male or are those programs reflective of the 50, 50 male, female split in gaming? You know, it's that's actually a, a great question. I don't I, I will. I'm going to see if I can get some data on that. I think that is probably hard to answer because the you're absolutely right. College cur- curriculums are um, expanding at an astronomical rate to include um, all, all the sort of gaming specific Classes, even you can look at examples of colleges that have had, um, you know, development design classes forever and now are creating entire game departments. And it's just wonderful. Um, and esports and, and and all the different. I mean, there's so many there are so many relevant um, college classes that could lead to to this industry. Um, but because they're they're going up so quickly, I, I don't know if it's 50 50. Definitely. I yeah, anecdotally, I've spoken in a lot of them and. They are more. They are not fifty-fifty. The you know, in my experience. That being said, I think um, the more maybe relevant um, or important thing to think about in collegiate collegiate the collegiate space is another example of we didn't 
plan to specifically, you know, talk about program for or create a community specifically for collegiate aged gamers, but it became super clear very early on that we needed to, um, because, and so we did, um, we spent about a, our first year of existence, um, networking, researching, running focus groups, think tanks, um, interviews and meeting in person, college women who game and college coaches and esports coaches and university presidents and talking to anybody that we could about um, how we could be valuable in that space. Um, if you look at the statistics of the esports collegiate scene um, in a you know on its own, the percentage of women is pretty um, you know non-existent right. almost. Uh, that being said, and that, you know, certainly that is something that we would want to, uh, we, that we do want to help um, change. But before even being able to change that, um, or, you know, in, at, along with changing that, it's also just creating space at colleges for women gamers. Going back to what we were talking earlier about, like, do you, are you in college and do you game? Because if the end, and, you know, and you're a woman, if the answer to that is yes, there's a good chance like you're not even telling your friends. Right. Well, there's no question they're not. Right. And so um, there's we have a a really cool statistic around a pilot program that we did with DePaul University last year. They actually have, you know, for compared to to most, they have a pretty good, um, pretty positive um, setup for women in gaming. They have varsity Esports teams, they have JV, they have a a big facility um, that a lot of the people at DePaul who game kind of use as a student center and they come and they hang out and they game. Even the, you know, the people who are fans and who are not on the esports team, but just like to game. It's just a great, you know, it's a great community. So they did have women gamers who who had things like um, women's gaming night on, you know, Wednesdays or whatever. But it was still... um, just, you know, a little like under attended, a little, uh, I'm not, you know, uncomfortable or awkward. Yeah, it's interesting. And, I mean, it, it, it is interesting that there is that, I don't know, light yeah, shackles, so so to speak. But is mm-hmm. the community also further, not subdivided, but subgroups in terms of LGBT and race, or is it women gamers and there, there are no other demarcations within that. Uh, so, so for the for the game hers for us, even though we usually just say gamers, but um, you know, it's everybody is included. And I would say that in our in our app and in our Discord, we can talk about those specific places uh, in a moment. But the, you know, there are different places and different groups that you know may talk. Um, you know, in, in just in, in different, in different areas, but it mostly, no, it's mostly all, it's mostly all together, but I guess I'll say that again, we just provide the space and how the communities want to come together is up to them. Um, but I want to make sure that I, I tell you, cause it's the tell cool me. part about DePaul is when we um, started working with them, they basically just branded their women in gaming um, entity, which is like gaming nights and Instagram account and a little bit of merch. Um, they branded it, DePaul, the gamers at DePaul. And so we, you know, we, 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 they signed our code of conduct basically. And 
and used our logo and their participation um, increased immediately by 30 percent. That's interesting. That's interesting. So So, so there must be some importance psychologically to the affinity to something larger. That's well. And I think it's also like, oh, okay. so DePaul cares. They want women to come. They are including us, you know, from the beginning and something that felt a little uncomfortable for whatever reason that, you know, we will probably be analyzed at some point as we get a little further along in this journey of of women in gaming. But at this moment, we don't need to know why. What we can know is that when when it is clear that women are welcomed and included, they come at, you know, and I am sure uh, that they will use that as a recruiting device yeah for future students and applicants and that's exactly so so you know our our journey in the collegiate space has 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 evolved since then even we um as i mentioned we looked to our community to kind of tell us what they want and we developed an app and so we had at at one point been thinking like great that'll be a good place for the college students to come together well that is i'm not saying we don't have college students in our app we do but what seemed to be what was overwhelmingly um, kind of requested was that in order to get colleges, both from the college side, so the, the coaches, the universities, the club presidents, the you know the orgs, because uh, of course at every college it's different, um, and then also just to get the pe- the people who like to game to get them all together. The place that was overwhelmingly recommended to us was Discord. But not our Discord. We already have their own Discord. So we have a gamers app. We have a gamers Discord, and we have a gamers collegiate Discord. And it is it's awesome. That's, that's great. What, that's what works. So we, you know, um, it's that that just launched in February, and it's um, that's it's fantastic. Been a real success, and there are coaches' corner conversations about exactly what you just said. Like if we if we use that kind of branding, will it help recruiting? Because recruiting is the biggest. Um, challenge for college coaches. They want women. They have some of them have scholarship money for women, and they can't figure right, out as how they to, should. Is yeah. there is there much conversation? <clears throat> excuse me. In in the time that we have left, about health and wellness within the community, about nutrition and and uh, whether it's weightlifting or not weightlifting. What 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 is going on in that conversation? Um, you know, it's one of the many conversations. I think. It's everything from um, there's so much that I'm trying to think of where to start. So one part of it is um, the biggest, uh, the most, I think the biggest, the most prominent kind of category of gamers in our community at this moment is um, streamers and really probably aspiring micro streamers, you know, to make up a term. When we, when we put on um, topics like streaming, how to monetize your stream 101, that's a very, um, you know, popular topic. And I think um, it's something that, that streamers talk about a lot, health and wellness, both specifically as it relates to gaming and, and just in life. Because, I mean, I think that may be one of the other biggest trends, and this goes along with health and wellness, is that, you know, we started out this conversation talking about that women sometimes do identify game as gamers and often don't. So gaming is something that a lot of our community absolutely loves. And it's not the only thing that, that is a part of their life. Right. 
And so whether it's health and wellness very specifically connected to gaming or, or just in general, yeah, it's a topic that comes up all the time because I think we're all talking about it all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting because, right? you know, a lot of our experience in, in gamers in the health and wellness space is when you start looking at gamers being on the younger age, which isn't necessarily always accurate, they feel invincible. Right. So if, yeah. if they have pain, um, they'll, OK, I got pain. I'll take an aspirin or I want some energy. They'll go for, you know, uh, Red Bull or Monster or something sugar loaded and, and what have you and not really connect the fact that mind body at that age lays the foundation for future health. And, and it's just interesting from a perception, again, a perception standpoint that that has not been um, introduced early enough Um to those the yeah. game i think you're right i think there's there could be and i'm talking you know just from i'm just sort of brainstorming on this as we're talking yeah. this isn't something that um but i think a lot of it if you think about esports specifically i think what you just said is really um probably true and if you think about just people who game which would include just casual gamers gaming enthusiasts and, and also streamers, I do think that the gener the younger generation, whether we're talking about Gen Z or um, Gen Alpha, <laughs> uh, so I just have been hearing that recently more. I'm like, okay, we're already there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I do think health and wellness is something that is has been and is going to be more and more important and discussed more often, just because. Of, you know, the nature of we all want to be healthy and live longer. And um, well, the fact that now there is an identifiable career. Right. And there's money sure. involved. So yeah. you do have to then be the best that you can be. You know, before it, it wasn't all that important in terms of necessarily your professional growth. Now you you can see that. Um, you know, and the other interesting thing that you brought up, which I always think is interesting to talk to people about is, you know, so much attention is paid to esports, right? I mean, that's headlines yeah. and dollars and everything else, but that's a small slice right. of the gaming world. I mean, the bulk of gamers just want to play with their friends. Yeah. yeah but, but, you know, there's still, there still can be a career in it, even if you're just playing with your Without friends a doubt. and a streamer, right? No question. No, no question. So, all this attention that goes to esports is is really missing the the larger bulk of the market of of who's gaming. Yeah. And I think about that all the time because listen, we are we have really um, solid relationships with so many of the esports orgs. We want to we want to facilitate esports scholarships in college. Like esports is super important, so I'm not diminishing that at all. And you know, it's there, there. There are so many um, gamers outside of that, and in health and wellness, I think that's where you're going to really see a potential just discussion and interest in in health and wellness grow. Um, maybe maybe even faster. It's yeah, not, it's not, and it's hopefully, just, the business is, isn't quite as like sexy as esports. You know, for whatever reason. Well, but then when you know, as as colleges have competitive teams, just like the stick and ball, they have to have health process and protocols uh, they, they don't want injuries and, and when I can ask you a thousand one questions but I'm going to be respectful to our time um, love what you're doing single last question what's your recommendation going forward for women in gaming I think that 
we we've made so much progress even and when i say we i mean the industry and women in gaming at, at you know as a whole and and certainly here at the gamers and so i think the future is certainly bright and it's just important that we don't um you know kind of rest on our laurels and and so for companies like keep talking about it think about how to hire women think about how to retain them um and and know that there are so, so many careers in gaming, so many opportunities and so many women who are just incredible gamers and um, really excited to, to continue to be a part of it. Well, I'm glad you guys are in the industry providing uh, communities, especially women, safe haven so that they can game and and listen gaming at its core is about engagement and 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 that's what you guys are doing thank you for the time i appreciate it i am going to do some research and get you some of those statistics hopefully today awesome i love it thanks thanks rebecca my pleasure thanks for listening this podcast is part of the map esports podcast network and produced by innovation media enterprises Please be sure to leave us a review and follow us on your favorite podcast player.